Okay, so Weezer, the Blue Album. Uh, I got a little Wikipedia here. So the Blue Album was released on May 10th, 1994. Uh, major label release on DGC Records, so David Giffen. And it was produced by Rick Okoskosk. Yeah. So uh, Rick Okoskosk, he was a uh, lead songwriter, main songwriter for The Cars. Produced a lot of the records. He did vocals on songs and stuff, but he wrote all the hits for The Cars and produced this album for Weezer. Uh, well, we got Weezer formed in... Los Angeles, 92, uh, initially struggled to engage audiences who are more interested in grunge. Uh, you'd think they would be a grunge band at that time. like, Well, they were more poppy, but did you hear the rumour that um, Rivers Cuomo, 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 was, um, was Kurt Cobain? Have you heard that one? So Kurt faked his death. And became rivers. Um, well, they look, they look nothing alike. That's well, so that's, that's a the, stupid that's, rumor. That's a disguise, though, right? Was Kurt dead at the time? Y- yeah. When did you say it came out in '94? Because Kurt popped yeah. himself in '94 in April. Did he? And Weezer was when May. You might as well say it was Elvis, like. <laughs> It's a different. <laughs> He's That's quite a short little head. fella, isn't he? Rivers. He is. Yeah, but he had. I don't uh, think Kurt was very big. He was also left-handed, and Rivers is right-handed. So we've debunked it right there. Maybe he's ambidextrous. I don't know. It's true. What I do anyway. know is that Rivers had had one leg longer than the other. It's, I know that much. That's fairly common, isn't it? That happens. Well, hey, and it, you know, if it leads to a great album like this album that we're talking about, Blue, then it's okay. What impact do you think his long leg had on making this album? Well, a slanted <laughs> impact. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just um, looking at the world two degrees skewed to the left. How does that impact a human being? Well, (laughs) it it obviously did. Yeah, like what I like about Weezer early on anyway was that he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't singing like he was a nerd. He just was a nerd writing songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, God damn I am, you know? Yeah. God damn I am. Just great lyrics. And, I got uh, my seven-sided dice. That's right. Yeah. And what he was a total dude. He was like a Judas Priest kind of guy, Dio, Black Sabbath. Yeah. And yeah. really, I think he kind of also very much into pop songs, Abba and all that, and he just put that mix together and came up with Weezer. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know... N- 94, a good time for it to come out, sort of grunge had peaked. And blues sort of like there's still those dirty guitar tones, you know, like it's real, you know, you could call it grungy, but it's real 
bubblegum poppy too though right like it's real catchy kind of you know buddy holly which was the big hit that was real sort of 1950s style it was a pretty slick video with the um happy days set and well yeah that's right putting themselves into the set of uh, uh, original footage of happy days at arnold's name of the place yeah yeah and the fonz was there dancing yeah that's right they're a lot more slick than the other bands, weren't they? But musically, it's kind of in that grungy kind of a tone. Yeah, quite loud. I mean, what came as it got it there? What came first? Um, did Buddy was Buddy Holly the first single, or was it Say It Ain't So? Buddy Holly was the first first song. I think that was the first song I heard from them. And that came. I remember getting a computer with Windows ninety five. And that video came on it. Buddy Holly came installed on your computer. Yeah. See, so that's why Weezer are big, because they're in with Bill Gates. Is that what you're saying? Because uh, anything like conspiracy any, theory. You know, for a new band to come out and hit it big, you've got to have a side hustle. It's either you're on a, a film soundtrack or, you know, every release of Windows 95 is our video capabilities. And it's it's Weezer, you know, that's sells itself. Mm. Anyway. Um, but I'll mm? continue. Okay. So guitarist Jason Cropper was fired during recording as the band felt he was threatening their chemistry. And he was replaced by Brian Bell. Wow. Oh. Uh, so I found a little more on that. So uh, this cropper guy learned that his girlfriend was pregnant. He began acting erratically. Uh, he wasn't handling it well. He said he was fine. And then 20 minutes later, he'd end up on the roof of Electric Lady Studios screaming or something. So Kumo told him he could not allow him to jeopardize the, the recording of this Blue album and asked him to leave. And Cropper said Kumo made the right decision. A little bit of drama. So. So was he, out. was he, did he record any parts for the album or no? Uh, I believe from memory reading that, I think he came up with the acoustic intro to the first song. My name um, is Jonas. Yeah. And some other little bits like that are still him on there, but then he was kind of kicked off. Yeah. I think, yeah, okay. What was his name? I think I saw a um, video Jason recently Cooper. on YouTube. Yeah, he did an acoustic set with Rivers um, like this year, like a reunion thing. And they did a couple of songs that they wrote together. It was cool. I think a lot must be going on if you're on the roof of the building screaming <laughs> during the recording hey, of your album. You're not a famous musician if you haven't, like, you know, gone up on the roof of the building and yelled stuff, right? Mm. Is that enough mm. to kick someone out of the band or do you just get hasted it out for five minutes? Well, I mean, if, if you'd made a scene during the recording of our album, I had no replacement, so I would have, you know, we still would have gone ahead. Yeah, he clearly wasn't like an essential part of things, was he? Like a replace. No. Delete. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, well, that's right. So 
Blue Album was supported by the singles Undone, the sweeter song, Buddy Holly. Yeah, yeah that XO. must have been first. Undone was first, right? Undone. I remember that one coming later. Yeah, maybe here, but I like, because that was the music video where it was in a big blue room and the dogs are running around, eh? Yeah, slow motion. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, music. I reckon that was the, that must have been the first one I heard. Hmm. And, and I and thought Rivers this is a stupid quite, song. Oh, maybe it was Ooh, first because Rivers has a big mop of hair in that song. Yeah. Like it's giant. And yeah. then in the Happy Days thing, it's quite a short reserved, short back and sides haircut, slicked down. It's true. Yeah. But hair grows as well. So you could have had it short and then grown it. I'll have to fact check that, I guess. <laughs> uh, I remember when it came out, hearing it, my older brother, you know, he was a bit more hipper to the music than I was. 94 was probably, you know, a fear of oversharing, 94. I was probably at the tail end of my rock set phase and like Green Jelly and Ugly Kid Joe and moving into, you know, Nirvana Unplugged getting into Nirvana. My brother was all, you know, Pearl Jam. Weezer was in there. But I remember seeing the video for Sweetest Song, Undone, and thinking the sound, the tone is cool, guitars sound cool, but what are they singing about? This is pointless. This is dumb, right, at the time. Really? Now I think it's, I think it's one of the raddest songs they did, you know, super simple. But it's so badass. I was in my thrash metal, Metallica, Anthrax, Slayer. (laughs) And the grunge thing hit, like Nirvana hit. I didn't want to listen to them. I didn't get listened to the album for like a year until I thought, okay, I have to listen to it kind of thing. I didn't want to know about the hit new cool thing. And I listened to it and I thought, this is awesome. Pearl Jam, I liked a lot to begin with. They're pretty good, but I like Nirvana better. Weezer came along. Um, I really liked them straight off the bat, uh, but I didn't get mm. the album. But I liked the singles, but I wasn't so much into the album, I guess. Um, but I did like the lyrics. I did like, he, he was telling these little stories like Buddy Holly. and It seemed like they're a tongue-in-cheek kind of a band. They weren't taking it that seriously. Mm. Um, with with Buddy Holly, but "Say Ain't So" that was an epic song. Like it's very heartfelt, you know. It, it's, there's yeah. just so much emotion into that song, and it's really telling a deep and personal story that you find out years mm-hmm. later. And I don't know it's a deep and personal story, but at the time you can feel it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I um, yeah, like. Oh, again, you know, that, that old brother, I remember stealing this album, the CD, back when we had CDs, and that was on, you know, sort of high rotation when I was doing homework in high school. It's just the blue album went from start to finish over and over again while I was doing fucking science or whatever. And so it just sort of got in by osmosis. I didn't have a, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I love Say It Ain't So and I love the sweater song. It was kind of like just the album's on. And when it plays now, when I listen to it now, it sets the scene for 
you know, shit, me being 15, 16 and in high school, which is great. It's a good time. And, but the, you're talking about the lyrics. That's, that's the stuff he's singing about relates to a kid in high school as well. You know, he talks about bigger issues and his father issues and all this and that, but it's a lot of just, I'm a nerd and chicks don't like me. I like D and D and I listen to kiss. Yeah. And I was like, that, that shit appeals, you know? Yeah. It was more so regular was it, folk yeah. stuff, whereas Pearl Jam was very poetic and, you mm. know, whereas this was Pearl pretty Jam much was, just telling your friend what's going on. That's it. And Pearl Jam was real angsty and, and dark. And honestly, I didn't have a lot of that until after, you know, like when this, when Weezer came out, this is pre, for me, it was just like peak teens, right? Early teens. It was all happy and sort of sing-alongy and enough sort of edge to it. And a lot of, oh, that girl doesn't know me. I'm invisible or whatever. And so it hit the mark. And it wasn't until later that, you know, like corn and the, you know, the in utero sort of stuff really started appealing to me. Cool and all that sort of stuff was after Weezer, you know? So there was that pre sort of clean rock is how, I, how Weezer hit me. They felt like, in a way, they were the replacement of all those pop bands that got rid of, like, say, Paula Abdul and all that went by the wayside. And it was very much Rightfully rock music, so, rock music, you know. And, you know, and, and, and Weezer, while they weren't maybe the serious band, like Pearl Jam, they were more that... Um, they were lighter fear. They were easier to get along. They're more tack your toe. They had great melodies. It wasn't a big serious dark affair, you know, all the time. Yeah, for sure. Oh, but I mean, yeah, a track like they finished the album. Blue finishes with um, "Only in Dreams," and that shit's yeah. uh, you know that you get a, that sort of I wouldn't call it super dark, but it's a hell of an epic song. You know, it's definitely not lollipop stuff. Um, which which their singles were, but yeah, I think there's mm. there's a good mix well, across much the board. Anyway. Singles band than say Pearl Jam, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because absolutely. just think about they did have a lot of variety where they would have reggae guitars, they'd have the acoustics, mm. they'd go heavy, they'd have only in dreams, like you say, which gets quite epic and builds yeah. and flows and evolves. And then they just have these simple, catchy songs. And it really just says a lot about how talented Rivers was and how big and ambitious they were, but still mm. wrote singles and still, I guess in a way, do get that reputation as being more lightweight, even though they are quite profound, yeah. large at times. Too. But it's, I mean, it works in that, you know, like Nirvana, you know, talk about Nirvana, if I compare that to Weezer, both have real simple, real simple like chord structures. There's nothing over the top, you know. Like if you if you're just learning guitar, you're gonna learn some Nirvana songs. You're gonna learn a couple of Weezer songs because they're all so simple, you know. If you're having a first jam with new musicians, it's easy to go, "Hey man, you know, say it ain't so," or "Hey, here's the three chords of the Sweater song," you know, and they're easy to get. But within that is 
and sure, I don't know what makes a classic song, but within those simple structures, they create something that we're still talking about, what, 30 years later? (laughs) But also, it's a very well-produced record where you can very clearly hear each part, which would make it easier to learn the parts to it, and just really well-produced by records. Um, there's something in there in in the guitar tone man like the it's it's some kind of mix of clean and crunch and there's weight to it to like just the main guitar and the way it sits with the bass and the drums it's all real clean everything's got its place but it's just done perfectly and they've tried they tried Mm -hmm. to recreate it and other bands have tried to do it later on but that blue album it just something hits right about that tone and if i could pick if i could get a pedal that said here's the you know here's the blue distortion sound be pretty happy (laughs) one thing i read about that is when they went in to record the album they said they wanted to sound like a 10 string monster and so six strings of the guitar and four strings of the bass guitar yeah right and and so what that means to me having a little musical knowledge is knowing that if you play a C chord, uh, you get a C, G, and an E. And that's that's what the guitar is playing. And then beneath that, the bass will play a G below the C. So now together that becomes a C over G chord. Mm. And why they do that is because of clarity, because the bass normally a bass player would double the slower c note but you get the bass player moving down to the g and it makes a g over c chord and that's how you get the separation and the cleanness of the frequencies so when i read they said they wanted to sound like this 10 string monster um and then listening to the album in my headphones i can you can hear that clarity of where they've separated the guitars and the bass and said the guitars are in these frequencies the bass is down here in mm. these other frequencies and together it makes a wall of sound and the guitar playing is extremely tight um and and it just does have that wall of sound to it mm. um, but then, you know, that's made up of God knows how many guitars they're overdubbing with that, you know, the tone between Brian Bell and Rivers. You know, they, they, they set that sort of mid-range. And then I forget the original bassist name. He was the man, by the way, sitting in underneath. It just all worked. Yeah, just sat there. But then, you know, then he drops in these killer solos as well. Like there's real almost metal solos. You know, you see he's a metal guy. And he's, you know, he could just even simple little licks that are in blue. Nails it, man. A guy can play guitar for sure. Yeah, I've read about where they've said Rivers will come in, do one take, it's perfect, and then just walk away and say, I'll fix it later. And they're like, <laughs> that was incredible. What are you talking about? You know, excellent yeah. guitar player. And I'm watching um, videos, he's doing this tour now where they're doing like, He's playing a Jackson flying King V. Mm. Uh, they're doing mm. a real 80s thing. He's doing the 80s double tapping on the solos and stuff. He's got yeah. a big mullet. He's a really good guitar player. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and it's all Let's very not... tongue in cheek. Yeah. Let's not talk about modern Weezer. Don't want to go there. How long do we have? 
Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so uh, last bit of information I get I got here is uh, so the videos became MTV hits, reached number sixteen on the US Billboard 200, certified triple platinum in '95. It remains Weezer's best-selling album, uh, having sold at least 3.3 million in the US and 15 million copies worldwide, received critical acclaim. uh, And in the Rolling Stone, it's 294 on their uh, list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Top 300. Yeah. Bang. Yeah, definitely a good one. I think... For me, you know, obviously Peak Weezer is the first two records, Blue and Pinkerton. To toss up for me, which one's the better album? I think Pinkerton's probably more me. I'd listen to Pinkerton more than the Blue album. It's just a little rough around the edges. There's a lot more of that. Now he goes deeper into that I'm invisible, girls don't like me kind of stuff. And I think, again, that hit at the right time. But blue is an easier one to go back. You could put it on and at any party and people are going to go, yeah, I know this song, even if it's not one of the singles. You know, I think it's a pretty recognisable sound. Classic album. Yeah, my thing's frozen up here. I was going to have the track listing. It's fine. Technical difficulties. What would you... Is it a perfect album? Nah. Like, let's talk about, like, there's, what, 10 tracks on the album? Something like that. Well, let's Um, say there's 10. My name is Jonas. No one else. The world has turned. Yeah, 10 tracks and left me here, Buddy Holly, Undone, the sweater song, Surf Wax, Say That So, In the Garage, Holiday, Only in Dreams. Okay, so uh, here's a thing called uh, the skippability rating, right? So there's an album of 10. So when I listen to that album, how many songs would I skip, right? And that's going to give me my, on a regular basis if I listen to it, what songs would I be like? Yeah, I'm definitely, you know, I'm listening to that. I'm not skipping that. I'd give this yeah. probably an eight out of 10 because Surf Wax America can get stuff. That's, I uh, don't like that song. Sorry to the fans. My <laughs> notes that I have written here is don't really care for it. <laughs> it's cheesy. <laughs> there you go, there's Surf Wax. And then there's, um, I wish I had it in front of me. Okay, there's one other song though. Like it starts off banging, you know. My name is um, Jonas. Solid Weezer song. My Great opener, you know. The, my name is Jonas is banger. <laughs> but, so, well, that's it. I agree. You try and think of of a song that gives. Um, it's an opening statement for a band. This is their debut album. What are we going to put number one? What's going to set the scene? What sets the tone for Weezer? My name is Jonas. Pretty good mm-hmm. choice. You know, yep. um, world has turned. Great song. Yeah, yeah, just catchy, hooky. But yeah, surf wax. And there's one other one in there. I think is it holiday? No, that is is that surf wax America where they go holiday? Yeah, holiday. Yeah, holiday yeah, is another that's song. The other, yeah, I'd skip that one too. So those are my two. So the rest, I'd 
when I put the album on, pretty sure I'm listening to it. So eight out of ten. That's a pretty good, pretty good rating. And then out of out of those eight, you know, undone, say it ain't so are like bona fide, you know, rock two thousand. They're in there for my votes, you know. They're, they're just two solid Weezer songs that I'd rate as absolute classics. Um, if I run through my list, I got My Name's Jonas, banger, No One Outs, nice catchy love song, pop punk, The World Has Turned and Left Me Here. I really like that song. It's great. Mid-tempo. Mm. Yeah. Buddy Holly, love it. First song you heard of it. Buddy Holly. Yeah. Great organ in it. Love the organ. Uh, sweater song, emotional as well as catchy, layered, uh, surf wax, yeah, bullshit. Say it ain't so, triumph on every level. Yeah. Those guitars, the that's just awesome. In the garage, love it, personal, uh, great solo. Holiday, not the best, album starting to wear out mm. for me, heard the best ideas already. But only in dreams, I thought great chorus, great, great closer, uh, mellow builds, a soaring ending that weaves its way in and out. Terrific. Mm. Just, that's a great ending. So it's like if you delete two songs from I think for both of us, like now it's yeah. perfect. Yeah, that's it. I think you know, you talk about only in dreams again. That's I think it's one of the best album closers. You know, again, I mean, my name is Jonas. I wouldn't call it that best track one, side one of a debut album or, you know, just of a first album. Um, but Only in Dreams, man, that's, that's a good way to end a record. That's up with me for like, um, you know, might not be on the same page, but The Doors' uh, first album finishes with the end, right? You know, the end, that big fucking song yeah. about, you know, that's probably one of the better enders but only in dreams i feel is kind of similar and that the rest of the album is kind of these poppy hooky songs and then only in dreams is more of a bass driven like cathartic epic you know i agree um in a way for me it's like yeah it's just the perfect way to end the album the perfect closer it was great and like I say, at the point of holiday where I'm like, I've heard this album, I'm done. <laughs> in, yep. comes, in comes uh, Only in Dreams, and you're like, I'm back and on board straight away. This well, is like, song. it draws you in with that. It's just a real simple bass intro, right? And then it builds and builds and builds and takes you on that little journey. And then, so, oh, it's done. Oh, you have that breather, and then you're like, I play again, you know, you put the needle back on number one or whatever. So that's that's what you want in an album. 41 minutes long, that album. Well, it's yeah. it's two songs too long. It should be 36 minutes, right? Yeah. Filler? Is it filler or is it for someone else, these are the greatest songs ever? Absolutely. For someone else, Surf Wax America is the greatest song in the world, but not, I think, those two feel like cool this is our first album we've you know let's say we've written six bangers and they come up with a couple of extras during the recording sessions 
and then this is just b-side faff because you've got to have 10 songs on an album right can't get away with eight songs on an album Mm. watch the hate mail flood in i remember uh some of the guys we used to hang out with back in the day surf wax america was a was a popular song because they were surfers sure i mean look it it has i i used to like to get wet in the ocean too but it just it's it's so like it's almost like the beach boys singing about fucking surfing safari right like they weren't surface but they were singing about it you know for for Mm. me the beach boys that was their fluff and then pet sounds and you know that peak period wasn't really surfy stuff in there you know and weezer when when did they ever write another surf song did they (laughs) i don't know i don't know yeah, I guess for me, it's an 8 out of 10 as well, but then it's like delete two songs and I give it a 10. I can't find a problem. Sure. <laughs> yeah. E- e- easily a classic album and deserves a place in anybody's collection. Yeah, great album. Talented musicians, well played, brilliantly produced, maybe just waffles on a little too long and it's only 41 minutes long. Um. Yeah, but that's that's easy for that's easy for repeatability. Short and sharp. Get back to the start. Start again. Learn the songs. Get amongst it. Yeah, and kind of an iconic album cover too. Just blue and the boy standing in front of it. Yeah, probably came out of budget concerns and turned out to be an iconic album cover. I- did learn they shot that album cover then one of them complained because he didn't like his photo so they had to photoshop a new head on <laughs> from another there you go. another frame so maybe this it's a major label release uh david geffen company i imagine like they had the money to do something slightly better than standing against a blue wall yeah i don't know but i guess you know, at the time, rock bands, rock bands were still hot, were they? I don't know. Kurt was dead. Grunge was dying. Well, rock wasn't ruled it? for the a long time after Nirvana, though, didn't it? Like, we still got to get through all the derivative shitty bands. Like, um, did Duke did Dookie come out in '94 as well? Actually, that was '94. Green Day. It was all around that era. Yeah, it was a good time. What a time. Thanks for listening to Pointless and Confused. We believe there's a little thing where you can send a tip if you yep. want. We yeah, have no idea us. how it works. We need cash. Yeah, for whores. And bet you might. Yeah. And what good day. No, oh, right. tell them the other thing. Oh, what was the other thing? Subscription. Um, oh, look, you could you could subscribe if you want to, if you want to hear the sound of our sweet, sweet voices in your ear. Whenever a new episode drops, you'll be the first to know. Yeah, we're not sure how you do that either, but you'll figure it uh, out. We're new to this. Come on, you guys. <laughs>